0: Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. It is a Thursday evening edition of the show. Want to say hello to everybody in the chats right now. Shout out to the Pewter people. We have a very fun episode coming up because things were all over the place between the last 24 to 48 hours with your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't want to say scrambling, but at least having to do their due diligence, finding a place to practice on Thursday morning. And boy, did they find one and made for a very eventful day, especially if you were a backup trying to get some more playing time, trying to make this team, which we will get into, we're going to break down everything from today's practice that went on this morning from the Giants facility. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is my colleague from PeterReport.com, Adam Slavon. That was with me during training camp practice today. Not a joint practice, but at a different facility. Adam, how's it going? Are you ready to talk about the chaos that was the movement for the Bucks?
1: Yeah, chaos is definitely the right word when discussing the past 24 hours. I mean, it's been crazy for us covering the team, having to do a lot of traveling. So. For the Bucks themselves, having to do that, facing all the logistical challenges, getting the buses, the equipment to and from different facilities, it's been quite the challenge. But also with that, a lot of players, they've really stepped up to the plate. And today, especially, you had a lot of backups uh, playing a lot more snaps than usual. And some guys stood out. So definitely excited to get into it. Yeah. And uh,
0: as Brian is saying here, let's hear it, boys. Also, Gene says, uh, hi, Matt. Hi, Adam. Hello, Hi. hello to everybody watching. I think we kind of need to break down what went on um, just for the Bucs to get yeah. to East Rutherford, New Jersey, where the Giants have their practice facility. It's actually right across the parking lot from MetLife Stadium, where the Bucks will be playing against the Jets on Saturday night. It's actually quite similar to how Raymond James Stadium, the Bucks' home stadium, is pretty close yeah, to. It's only about a mile. Away. Yeah, the Athens Health Training Center. So very similar. In that type of idea, but a little bit of backtracking. So, the Bucks and the Jets were supposed to have two joint practices. Obviously, they had the first one yesterday. Now, where there's been some communication on social media and some back and forth between fans and beat writers and everything like that is the joint practices were planned and scheduled in March going yeah. months back. Now, two days before the Bucks and media <laughs> and everyone. Was traveling to New Jersey, the Jets decided to cancel the second joint practice. Again, they're supposed to go Wednesday and Thursday. So the so the first joint practice went on yesterday. Then, with two days' notice, the Bucks had to go and find another facility, and they very much lucked out because yeah. the New York Giants have a preseason game. Believe it or not, against the Carolina Panthers. So a lot of uh, you know. Divisions in the East going up against the NFC South going on this week because the Giants had a game have a game coming up on Friday. There's there's no practice for the Giants the day before, so the Bucks had to go from uh, Florham Park, where the Jets have their facility, and go to East Rutherford this morning. Uh, obviously, they stayed in the hotel the night before, but that's like about a half an hour, forty minute drive, and literally. You know, again, thanks to the Giants for allowing us to be there at the facility today. The bus literally pulled up, up, like pulled up to the gate. The gate opened, and bam, all the Bucks players got off the bus. There's about five buses, I would say, Adam. Yeah, and just poured onto the field, and it was very much like this is an NFL team, but it was very much a. Uh, you know, kind of like a high school football vibe. like the yeah. road team shows up.
1: Or like a high school baseball team. Yeah. They just roll up after school and they all get on the bus and go out there. Just a really weird feeling and uh, very impromptu.
0: Yeah, very much so. So you can see uh, Tristan Wirfs in this one, Cody Mauk as well, Devin White, a couple of other guys, Kate Otten in the mix too. So um, just very funny to see those type of scenes, that that type of vibe going in. Everyone seemed to be upbeat, and I think a lot of it is because yesterday was really intense was. against the Jets. I mean, we talked about it on last night's podcast, so I uh, definitely recommend to everybody to check that one out if, uh, if you haven't already. But because there was so much fighting and scuffles and dust-ups and a lot of back and forth, and you're there in front of a crowd, then you go the next day, and it's literally just you and your teammates. There's no fans around. There's limited media, obviously, because it's preseason and not everyone's traveling yet for the preseason and so just to see the huge difference between yesterday and today uh it was way more peaceful I would say yeah
1: yeah that's a good word and just laid back I mean you went from yesterday when you had six fights to today Devin White out there during warm-ups uh him and Levante were chatting and uh Devin White was also doing a little dance to uh Drake's circle loco so yeah um just a real chill vibe and really cooled off today very much so. Another, speaking of cool, another cool thing that we saw yeah. was uh, Jason Light,
0: as you could see. Well, it's the back of Jason Light, but I promise you, it's that is Jason general Light. manager Jason Light having a conversation with Brian Dayball, who is the head coach of the New York football Giants. So maybe discussing some notes. The Giants do play against the Jets in the regular season uh, later this year. So maybe sharing some notes as well. And the, Gi- the Giants, for all we know, could be sharing some notes about Carolina Panthers coming up but yeah it was cool to see just the Bucks in a different era you know you yeah. don't really see this too much uh, another thing I thought was fun was Chris Godwin warming up with the defensive lineman mm-hmm. you don't see that too much but Godwin was kind of getting ready uh, Vita Veya as well up in the move we always seem to be by the defensive lineman when these practices go on
1: yeah and I-, I was just gonna say with like the Giants logo in the background It almost feels like when teams have to relocate during like a tropical storm or something, just kind of like the mashup of like the two teams and like seeing Brian Dable and Jason Light out there today. It's just really weird and how it happened. Very much so. I
0: want to get to this comment uh, real quick from Albert Vanka says, hi, guys, tuning in from Ireland. Shout out Ireland. My grandma was born there, so that's really cool. Hmm. Uh, from European Flag Football National Championship, Team Czech Republic. I don't know what those last – oh, virtual hug, virtual hug. Maybe try to get another emoji in there. Albert, thank you so much for watching the show. That's why we love the pewter people because, obviously, Tampa's awesome. We love the state of Florida. But we also love that we have fans from all over, including in Ireland and the Czech Republic. So, Albert, thank you so much for watching us on uh, this evening's show. Now, I think one of the biggest things that was most notable, Adam – during warmups and and practice itself. And this again goes in hand with the, you know, all the stuff that went on yesterday. Yeah. Was there were a lot of starters that were not participating today? Why don't you give the down low on
1: who was there, who wasn't there? Yeah. So starting off on who wasn't practicing today, you had Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. He was warming up, kind of did some uh, drill work, but wasn't really out there with the team. Uh, Also you had Chase Edmonds. He was standing to the side, um, Dedrick, or Kedrick Whitehead, mm-hmm. uh, the safety Antoine Winfield, he had a wrap around his right leg, he wasn't going. Uh, so a lot of starters, even like the quarterbacks, uh, they were obviously playing, but John Wolford really took like half the snaps. So you really saw a lot of backups, a lot of second, third stringers out there. Um, also had a guy like Rashad White, the starting running back, was really out there working with the third stringers, and then you saw a lot. A lot more Sean Tucker as a result so the day or the two days leading up to the preseason game seeing a lot of starting players resting and that is probably a sign that in the preseason game it's probably gonna be more the same from the preseason opener and I find it interesting that giving Kyle Trask the start in New York guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin may not even play a series. Yeah, that's looking like it's going to be the case. You know, Mike was fine. He practiced
0: yesterday. Felt a little bit of something with his groin, but overall, he's fine. But don't worry, Bucks fans. Don't panic. I hate that I even said that because some people are going to freak out. Mike yeah, Evans is fine. Yeah, nothing fine. to worry about. And I understand your point, Adam, about Trask and he gets to the start, but he doesn't get the start with the, you know, the, the best five receivers with Mike Evans with Chris Godwin. But on the flip side, I don't know if it's a hundred percent. Fair to have Baker start the first game and he doesn't get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And then yeah. Kyle Trask gets to start the second game, but he does get Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's a little bit of a cheat sheet for Kyle yeah. Trask if, if, if it really did come down to that. But yeah, it looks like we're not going to see a lot of the starters in to- uh, Saturday's game. We'll probably see Luke Gedeky, a uh, fun matchup that we'll talk about later about Luke Gedeky. Um, there was someone else out, Cervasie Dennis. This is a picture from, oh, is that from today? Yeah, yeah, that is from today. Yeah, there's a little bit of blue. So, yeah, that's got to be from today. <laughs> Cervasie Dennis, he stretched with the team, but really didn't do anything else either. Same with the uh, Yaya Diaby. He was running kind of like individually. So, Bull said that it's it's nothing to worry about. They're just kind of bruised right now. But I do... Kind of wonder, especially with Cervasi Dennis, and, and Yaya, you know, these are rookies. These guys are going to be playing no matter what if they're fully 100% healthy. Is it the best move to have these guys sit out, sit out, sit out, and then bam, you're just going to put you in another complete, you know, collision of, of a full NFL game, albeit the preseason? Um, they're going to be on my radar for obviously Saturday, but the start of
1: next week, because we're getting closer and closer to the start of the regular season. Yeah. And with, uh, you mentioned Saraski, Dennis and Yaya Diaby, other guys as well, like Chris Izian and uh, Jose Ramirez, you w- really want to get these guys as many reps as possible to get out there and practice out uh, with the team, get that experience and kind of throwing them to the fire in a preseason game against a good team in the jets. It's going to be really interesting to see how they acclimate themselves. If they do play and if they will struggle as a result. Yeah, and you mentioned Rashad White, so I'll I'll get back to
0: him in just a moment. It was very interesting with Rashad because he didn't practice too much, and that was the case with a lot of guys. For example, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean were in in helmets. They were stretching and, and everything of that nature, but then when it went to 11 on 11s, You didn't see too much of Carlton and Jamel. But what you saw with Rashad White when he was in, and Chase Edmonds is one of those injuries where you go, hmm, well, he practiced the day before. I guess something may have happened with a lot more physical contact and and everything like that. So what was interesting is not the fact that Rashad White had a limited amount of reps. I think that's kind of understandable for really any starter. You might question it because Rashad White's a second-year player, but... For a running back, it makes a lot more sense. What was odd was Rashad White working with like the second and third string guys. We haven't seen that too much, but maybe, just maybe, the Bucs were doing something kind of like they what they did earlier in training camp with John Wolford in terms of Wolford had gotten some reps with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, And so you're just kind of putting the players in every single possible situation because there may be a time where Rashad has to run behind a couple of
1: second string and third string offensive linemen. Yeah, especially with all the question marks on the offensive line. That's a great point. You don't know who's going to get thrown out there at some point in the season. And you mentioned guys kind of getting experience with each other. It happens a lot on the defensive side of the ball where you often have Levante David and Devin White maybe working with some backup secondary players or having – Vita Vea alongside a bunch of undrafted guys so you never really know and it's always good to mix it up yeah of course so let's stick with the offensive side of the balls we kind of transition to what
0: we saw in practice itself plus kind of expectations for the game because obviously everyone is in love with Trey Palmer at the moment and it feels like you know obviously some of it is kind of flavor of the week type of of feeling and vibe. Obviously, Trey had the the big play against Sauce Gardner yesterday. Right out of the gate. Literally, first play. Baker Mayfield got the start. Play action, rollout. Trey Palmer running across her across the field. That's why it's called a crosser. Bam! Hits them 10-15 yards. They were off and running. So Trey Palmer again was making plays out there. Granted. Someone had to step up because there was no Mike or Chris today, but Trey Palmer was one of the
1: big ones. Cade Warner, too. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So just want to mention Trey Palmer first. Uh, When Bowles was speaking afterwards, uh, Palmer was the first receiver he mentioned in guys needing to step up. And for Trey Palmer, he's making headlines on and off the field. As uh, afterwards, he talked about the play uh, with Sauce Gardner. We'll get to in just a minute. But for Cade Warner, the undrafted rookie out of Kansas State, probably the most productive receiver out there today with Mike and Chris not going gauge, having unfortunately a season ending injury, somebody needed to catch the ball. And Cade Warner did that. Uh, There was a couple plays. There was a really nice pass, uh, I believe from Kyle Trask. He really threaded the needle, got it in between two defenders and hit him on the money for about 20 yards. Uh, I think I counted like four or five catches Cade Warner had today. So he did really good. Another receiver worth mentioning, uh, Cephas Johnson, uh, the newest addition to the roster. He made a really good play on a jump ball about 30 yards downfield. Pass uh, from John Wolford used every bit of his 6'4 frame, really got up there, made the catch. So those are two receivers. Granted, they might not make the 53-man roster, but could make the practice squad. Really came out there and, and balled out. But uh, Trey Palmer, he's really stealing the show this week.
0: Yeah, let's get to this video from Todd Bowles. Then I'll talk a little bit more about the wide receivers. But Bowles talked about receivers needing to step up with Russell Gage out. And then Trey Palmer talking about uh, confidence and, more importantly, whether or not he knew he made that big play against Sauce Gardner. I think someone has to step up fairly early than probably normal, but – you know, we, have,
1: we still have our top two guys, and we have Tompkins that's played a lot. Obviously, Palmer has made some plays, and kim has
0: got to get healthy. and David Moore has made some plays. And we still got a bunch of guys, they're firing for spots. So we'd like to see somebody emerge pretty soon. I mean, I always have my confidence. I've been doing that since I was in high school, going up these there, things, and since I was in high school, so I'm always used to that. But basically, it was just me, like, practice, doing the technique that I learned, and really just making a play. Nah, no no always go about. I'm trying not to get caught up in the hype, Adam, because yeah. I've made this mistake before with guys such as Jalen Darden, and it didn't necessarily pan out. But Jalen Darden, even when he was playing well, didn't get to the point of what he, and he, I mean Trey Palmer, what Trey Palmer has been doing recently.
1: Are we buying too much into the hype of Trey Palmer at the moment? I think with Trey Palmer, he's worth a little bit of hype, but maybe not as much as he's been getting. Now, with Trey Palmer, what excites me is him stepping up and rising to the occasion a few times now throughout his football career. He mentioned in high school going up against Derek Stingley, who had a really productive career at LSU, was a top draft pick. Yeah. Um, At LSU, when Trey Palmer went there, going up against Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase in the wide receiver room, and then going to Nebraska and having a really good season, and now playing alongside Mike and Chris, and then going up against Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. So he's faced really top-notch competition in his brief career, and he's always stepped up. So with the hype, going up against Sauce Gardner and beating him on that 60-yard play, it's worth a shout-out. And he had one of the best plays in training camp so far now, and also the touchdown against the Steelers. So he's really making a strong case to be a number three wide receiver, and he has a lot of traits that may make him successful with the 4.3 speed, being uh, six feet tall, and just being able to go up there and get it. So it's exciting, but you got to pump the brakes just a little bit. Can he do it again against the Jets? Can he carry it over to the regular season? Those are still question marks. And I think that's why the hype has been
0: escalated a little bit. Because in the past, whether it's Jalen Darden, some other receivers out there, it was, oh, well, his potential, he could become this. He could become that. Yeah. But the fact that wide receiver three is open, it's a legitimacy. It's wide open right now. It's not, oh, well, if the Bucs cut Russell Gage or if the Bucs decide to do this or if he outplays Russell Gage. Gage, unfortunately, and I feel terrible for him, yeah, um, it – you know, it's terrible for the fact that Russell Gage is not available this year, but it makes a, a legit reality that Trey Palmer could be your wide receiver three. And we said before, I've mentioned it a lot on this podcast, that, you know, there are guys that perform well in training camp. There are guys that perform well in the games. Trey Palmer has been doing it in both. There's yeah. literally, there's no question about it. He's been doing it for both. Uh, Joel is a big fan of uh, of Trey Palmer. He also goes on to say, if he isn't the third best wide receiver on the roster, then I don't know who is. Yeah, it's a fair argument because, yes, Palmer's been doing a lot of things. David Moore has the most experience in this offense and just as a wide receiver on this team outside of Mike and Chris. Devin Tompkins, very exciting. Raheem Jarrett as well. Let's get back to Cephas Johnson real quick because uh, Ali Macedon says, I look forward to seeing Cephas Johnson play. He might play in the regular season, probably be on the practice squad. The Bucks have depth at wide receiver. And, yeah, that's very important in all of this is, yeah, you know what? Cade Warner, Cephas Johnson, both of them are not ending up on the 53-man roster. Yeah, But we've seen many guys throughout the years at various different positions Latch on because they were a practice squad guy and there is importance to that. Maybe you don't even make it right away as, you know, as a 53 man guy, but when your number is called, that's a big moment for you. I mean, Pat O'Connor is a guy that started out on the practice squad. Now he's been with the Bucks for years. Devin Tompkins had yeah. to bide his time and then became the team's punt return. So Cephas Johnson it was so interesting watching him. One because he wears number twenty-eight, yeah, and it's just, Adrian Peterson out there, yeah. Just seeing uh, an Adrian Peterson-looking type of guy, um, you know, go out there and and play wide receiver, which of course isn't even his natural position because he used to play quarterback when he was in college. But seeing what he did to, today on that deep ball from Kyle Trask, so shout out to Kyle Trask making another big throw which he had struggled with earlier in training camp but hit the big one to Trey Palmer hit another one to Cephas Johnson today Johnson that height is I mean he is gigantic I know yeah. they were at the Giants today but he I think we're being too loose with the term mossing people when you know he mossed him he mossed him Cephas Johnson I don't know if he mossed this guy today but he just used his height to his advantage it made an exceptional athletic play which I was not Expecting him to make, so you know we'll see what Cephas Johnson can do in the game uh, if he can actually, you know, make plays when under the bright lights for sure. But let's stick with Kyle Trask here. What does Kyle Trask have to do in order to
1: really make this a tough decision for Todd Bowles and the rest of the Bucks brass? Yeah. So to still make it a tough competition, I think it really comes down to three things that he needs to do against the Jets. So the first thing he needs to have more than one scoring drive and really move the football on those drives. I think that'll be really important to show he can control the offense. He can control the pace and really move and spread the ball around. Uh, the second thing would be to have over a hundred passing yards. And that kind of goes with the first point needs to move the ball through the air and not just hand it off to the running back and being able to lead a couple series and do that, I think will be really important. And then also the first preseason game, he had an interception. So he really needs to limit turnovers with the competition coming down to uh, Dave Canales. He mentioned who turns the ball over the least. I think that'll be important for Kyle Trask, not to commit another turnover. And in practice, you may say, Hey, Baker Mayfield, he has more interceptions thrown. In the first preseason game, Baker Mayfield went eight of nine for a touchdown. Yeah. He might have just been testing things out in practice. Game time comes, he's a lot smarter with the football. And I think that's what Kyle Trask needs to do. And I think that he needs to go out there and lead a couple series. Yeah,
0: Baker kind of proved this point about uh, sometimes I'm going to kind of just see what I can get away with, see if I can thread the needle. And other times I'm going to, you know, make the legit play. And he kind of said that specifically when talking about oh, if we're in two minutes, that's when I know it's all systems go and I got to be careful with the football and all that stuff. And he proved it by going eight of nine. And yes, the touchdown, but I think even protecting the ball is more important. And Kyle struggled early last week following their game against the Steelers with holding on to the ball, getting hit. But he was able to flip a switch ever since he came to New Jersey. Maybe he just needs to play in New Jersey a little bit more, or maybe it's because he knows that he's starting this game that – um, it's now or never to really get it going. And he's kind of just letting it fly a little bit more.
1: Yeah. And that's a big difference between last year and this year is with the more reps, he does seem to have more poise and being able to just sling it with confidence. Kind of like you saw during his time with the Gators, when he threw 40 touchdowns and had Kyle Pitts. I yeah. mean, Hey, he has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Exactly. Why not just throw it up and see what happens. So I think you've definitely seen that a lot more from Kyle Trask and, Hopefully for him, it continues and he's able to keep it a tight quarterback competition.
0: Dennis DeBronte says, shout out my boy, Steve the Pony. Shout out Steve the Pony. That's my guy too. Can't wait to see him tomorrow. Wayne also says, I think David Moore will be wide receiver three because of experience. Yeah, David Moore is someone that has been a little quiet over the last week or so, Adam. I don't know how you feel about it. He came on strong early on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I want to see what he can do tomorrow because more with someone that's been in the mix, cooled off a little bit, but obviously now it's kind of like you're restarting the game all over and it's a big competition for wide receiver three.
1: Yeah. And I agree with that. And especially with the first preseason game, leading the team in receiving yards, having that 38 yard play down the field, 15 yards of it was chewed off because of the face mask. Well, I think besides, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin and Trey Palmer, David Moore is the biggest deep threat that the Bucs have on the roster. And he's done it in the past, albeit a couple seasons ago, 2018, 2019, in the Seattle offense. Yeah. He was able to average 17 yards a catch. If he can bring that, he averaged over 20 yards uh, against the Steelers. That's another receiver, probably the receiver I'm going to be keeping my eye on the most and just seeing what he's able to do.
0: When it comes to energy drinks, I'm always keeping my eye on Celsius, which, of course, is the presenting sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. They have so many awesome flavors, including the Cosmic Vibe, which is a sparkling fruit punch. It is their newest flavor that they have going on at the moment. Can't go wrong with any of them. Uh, You see the sparkling lemon lime, sparkling orange. I had a sparkling tropical vibe earlier today. So many awesome different flavors. No sugar. No post-energy drink crash or jitters that you might get with some other products out there. So many flavors, like I said before. So if you need to know where to find one, punch in your address uh, on the Celsius store locator, and it will show you the closest location where you can pick one up. Whether it's uh, you know convenience store, gas station, a Walmart, a Target, Seven Eleven, or if you're in the New York, New Jersey area. A bodega. Bodega. All right. Better. That was better. (laughs) That was better. And of course, because Celsius is so delicious, you're like, ah, I love going to a bodega, but I need more than one or two Celsius. I need them at my door, at my doorstep. As Richard says, he's having a peach vibe this morning or had it this morning. That's when you do the subscribe and save. You go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save, like I just said, and you can have it sent to your residence every week, month, quarterly, yearly. Whenever you want, get that variety pack, because variety is the spice of life. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. Uh, I saw a question about Logan Hall that would like to get to, because Logan Hall, I think, is going to be quite important for the Bucs this season. Charles Todd is asking, how did Logan Hall look against the Jets' offensive line? We really need him to step up. I agree, Charles. Bucks definitely need Logan to step up. Adam, I'll let you handle this this answer.
1: Yeah, so against the Jets offensive line, he did record a sack. And overall, that day, he did look pretty good after being quiet the first few weeks of training camp. And he's one of the players I have on my radar, maybe the top five buck to watch during the Jets uh, preseason game. Because the Jets have such a shaky offensive line up front, moving a lot of guys around. He's going to be getting some reps against some second, third string guys with some question marks. So for Logan Hall, it's a great opportunity and a second year to have a platform game and being a starter along the defensive line. He really needs to show his talent and versatility coming into the league out of Houston. He was seen as somebody as like a three tech or five tech defensive lineman that can kind of move around. And he said uh, at the time, one of the defensive linemen he watched a lot was Koliath Campbell and seeing how he's able to work. So for Logan Hall, he really needs to start showing the tools and how they carry over. So the Jets, it was a good start for him, but he needs to continue it uh, during the game. Yeah. I think Logan is trending in the right direction because kind of like what
0: we talked about with David Moore, but it's even worse for Logan Hall. And obviously Logan Hall is, there's a lot more expectations with him than David Moore uh, at, at any point. Logan Hall didn't hear a peep out of him the yeah. first like three weeks of training camp. Him and Joe Trynchenka. I don't know if they're conjoined at the hip secretly <laughs> or if they're linked together and it's like they they have a bond of if you go I go or whatever yeah. it is. You but make both plays, them, I make plays. Yeah, exactly. But both of them really were not doing much in training camp, and then almost at the same time, Logan Hall and Joe Trynchenka have really stepped it up. <clears throat> Logan Hall. And JTS were starting to get sacks right around that that Steelers game. Um, Didn't record one in the game against the Steelers, but obviously JTS didn't play that much. And, yeah, he didn't play at all. Um, But anyway, so just the fact that they were able to step up over the past week or so, getting into the backfield, both had a sack against the Jets. It should be pointed out, though, with the Jets,
1: they were missing like more than half of their offensive yeah. line. You know, they didn't have Elijah Vera Tucker, Yeah, uh, Dwayne Brown. He's been injured. Makai Becton still coming back from injury. Joe Tipman, the center out of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. was at left guard. Uh, Aaron Rodgers even mentioned it during his press conference. While his concern's low, he still needs to see all five guys together. So there's a lot of question marks there.
0: Yeah, no question about it. But I think what's promising with Logan Hall specifically is if he's beating the backups, the third strings, at least he's showing that he is better than yeah. the other team's backups, which is super important uh, for this team specifically.
1: Want to get to another comment? I will say there yeah, is uh, one more uh, edge rusher I'm looking forward to seeing, and that he was on the last graphic, Marquise Watts. Yeah, had a big game against the Sealers with that uh, sack fumble seeing him out there and competing for that last outside linebacker spot with Cam Gill, just another player to throw out there.
0: Yeah, he's super exciting for a number of reasons. One, he had the strip sack against the Steelers, which that's something that's been missing from this defense, Adam. It's just the fact that, Besides Anthony Nelson last year, yeah. you can't see that. No one was taking away the football. You yeah. know, No one was knocking the ball out of the quarterback's hands. And maybe that's telling of why Vita Vea led the team in sacks last year and you weren't getting that production from the edge rusher. But Marquis Watts gets that strip sack in the game against the Steelers, then followed that up in the indoor practice, the, the next practice, Following the game and had three sacks. Yeah. Now I think there's still a little bit of work to be done in coverage because he got beat by the Jets here and there, dropping back in coverage. But the reason why they brought him in is for what he can do going up against the the quarterback and taking him down and and providing those sacks that the Bucks are desperately looking for. So, yeah, he's a very exciting player.
1: Yeah, and uh, just to mention real quick, uh, in his college career at Charlotte, he did force six forced fumbles. So. He can make plays happen. No question about it. Let's get back to the wide receivers, as Harold
0: Smith says. seems the Bucks' wide receivers equals Evans, Godwin, Palmer, Moore, and Tompkins, with Jarrett, Warner, Geiger, and Cephas competing for wide receiver six. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate for the time being. You know, um, uh, Evans, Godwin, or Locke. Trey Palmer is going to make this team. Yeah. Tompkins, a big thing, like Tompkins has done really well. If he can secure himself as the overall kick returner, which Trey Palmer might win that job too. Yeah. But if he becomes the kick returner, then his spot is really a lock. Raheem Jarrett, you know, we didn't talk about him too much because he didn't play in that game against the Steelers. He's been quiet since coming back from injury. This is a huge step for him because yep. this is his first preseason game. This, You know, we asked all the rookies, how's it feel? Your first NFL game, blah, blah, blah. They all went through it now. You know, that that adrenaline is off a little bit now,
1: but yeah. not for Raheem Jarrett. Yeah, definitely. That's a great point. And for him, uh, going into school at Maryland, kind of coming back up to the northeast area, he's going to maybe have some nerves out there. And he was a guy that Todd Bowles mentioned, hey, he needs – He's been health or he hasn't been healthy. He's been injured, and he needs to go out there because he's kind of fallen behind just a little bit after having like a great first two weeks of training camp. I would say making a nice contested catch over Keenan Isaac, but he needs to start doing that in games and seeing if it really translates.
0: Yeah, oh, absolutely, I agree with you. Uh, Fabian Espinosa says, "Yeah, our Bucks are going to do better than the media is projecting." I wanted to address this because I've heard. You know, from like our last podcast and certain things that all we do is praise the Bucks yeah. and and say that they're fantastic. I am by no means saying that at all. I still have a lot of concerns about the Bucks overall pass blocking abilities. I think Edge Rusher is still very much up in the air. Yaya Diaby was exciting, but he hasn't really played since. Yeah. Shaq coming off a serious injury. So I have a fair amount of doubts about the Buccaneers. And I've pretty much been saying since day one that I see the Bucs getting around a very similar record to yeah. what they had last season, which, if we all remember, was not even a winning record. So let's cool it a little bit with all we do is favor the Buccaneers and, and highlight everything great that they want to do. First of all, we're talking to all Bucks fans. So, yes, we can be negative, but yeah. Bucks fans want to hear good things about the team too. So we'll highlight where they are progressing, but also – Talk about where they have struggled a lot. Obviously, the quarterbacks haven't been great. And you know what? Scott Reynolds has his fan five coming out tomorrow. I don't want to spoil it or give anything away. But you're going to see a lot of good and you're going to see a lot of bad in terms of things that he feels good about with the Bucs and things that he's definitely worrisome about. So definitely stay tuned to tomorrow's fan five because I think uh, you're going to get a real dose of reality of how this Bucks team is going to look going into the season, which is less than a month away. I also saw yeah. this. Yeah, go ahead. You want um, to say something?
1: I was just going to say at this time of year with training camp in the preseason, this is a time of year to be positive. It's a time of year to look at guys in the 90-man roster, kind of pick some fun stories out, and kind of have a positive spin more so than the regular season when you actually see the results. Right now, it's a lot of hypotheticals, a lot of what-ifs. What if Baker Mayfield, he can translate and be the next Geno Smith? Yeah. What if... Uh, Tristan Wirfs can be an all pro at left tackle or if Devin White could become the best linebacker in football a lot of it probably won't happen uh, especially with like Devin White but just being more positive it's good right now but a couple weeks from now it's going to be a lot more neutral I would say
0: very much so uh Jack with a comment Jim Jack M Caraco says fortunate that the Bucks did not select Makai Becton and Landon Wirfs in the same draft one of my favorite facts to bring up is the yeah. fact that Tristan Wirfs was the fourth, the fourth offensive tackle taken in that draft. I had him ranked one. A lot of people had him ranked one. The Bucs got him with the fourth tackle off the board, and yeah, it sucks for Makai Bechtin. Uh, I think he's talented, but he gets hurt all the time, and clearly has not panned out with uh, with the New York Jets. Also Gene Cameron saying you have to root for your team. The Bucks are not our team. We yeah. cover the Bucks, but we got to be unbiased when it when it comes to it. If they play poorly, we're going to say they play poorly. If they play well, we're going to compliment them on playing well, but they're not our team. I just wanted to uh just wanted to clarify that real quick. But if you want somebody on your team, someone that's going to be by your side, help you get to that next level, maybe if it's a, a home buying type of experience. This guy is a Bucks fan. This man's family are or is Bucks fans. Of course, I'm talking about the Eric Gross Realty Group. They are so perfect for if you want the best home buying experience, an amazing home buying experience. Eric and Caitlin Gross, they have moved their business back to Tampa. They're living in Cincinnati for a while, but Eric has roots in the Tampa area. His dad grew up in the Tampa area. He's a huge Bucks fan. We had him on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He was able to break everything down. So if you want to talk box football with him, he's happy to do that. But the key thing for Eric and Caitlin is, you know, buying a home is one of the most important things that you can do uh in your life, really. You know, you want to start a family, start a foundation. Part of that is, you know, buying a home. And Eric and Caitlin understand that. You know, they have a young child. They know how important family is. So that's why they want to go the extra mile for you. They want to know you. They want to know your hopes and dreams. They're not just trying to flip a house as quickly as possible. They want to make sure that they find every single thing that you are looking for. They can connect with you on a person-to-person basis. So make sure you go to www.housesinflorida.com. Check out the Eric Gross Realty Group. You will not be disappointed. Uh, Eric and Caitlin Gross, got to meet them, got to talk shop with them. Uh, They will get your dream house across for what you are looking for. So check out uh, www.housesinflorida.com. And, of course, another person to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with. Adam, some of the matchups going into this Jets versus Bucks game um what what exactly are you uh looking for or some of the matchups
1: yeah so uh just want to start off with a couple players to watch uh so mentioned logan hall earlier a couple other guys i'll be looking at uh sean tucker yaya diaby luke gedeke and Zion McCollum. and what really interests me of those four is probably the most i would say luke gedeke after getting a lot of criticism for his play uh in the last preseason game This week he's going to be going up against a former first-round pick in Florida State's Jermaine Johnson, uh, who over the offseason he's really transformed his physique. He's gotten a lot stronger, it appears. And Luke and Jermaine, they got into a little uh, scuffle, one of the six in the joint practice against the Jets. So it'll be really interesting to see that matchup and the physicality there. I think it'll be a great test for Luke and going up against a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who's really athletic, and can get off the edge very quickly. Luke Gedeke, he really needs to have a solid game here and keep up his glass-eater mentality if he wants to really solidify himself as an NFL right tackle. And then uh, just to a lesser extent, Zion McCollum. He had an interception the first game, but he also, uh, on the run by Anthony McFarland he missed his contain. So can, yeah. he, can he contain himself and make some tackles? That's another player to watch. Yaya Diaby, if he plays uh, after being limited this week, can he keep up getting pressures? And for Sean Tucker, uh, he had a touchdown that was called back on a holding call, and getting more snaps this week, can he be that baby Nick Chubb, maybe to a lesser extent, going up against the Jets? Those are players and a key matchup that I'll be watching. What about you, Matt? Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm in a couple different spots, and I kind of want
0: to show as much variety as possible while lumping some guys together too. Uh, Devin Tompkins, I think, you know, Trey Palmer's getting a lot of hype. We talked a lot about, um, you know, we talked a lot about David Moore as well. Rocking Jarrett, we talked about earlier in practice uh, as well. But Devin Tompkins, is the hype too much to overcome? You know, is it because he's smaller that he's not able to function as a wide receiver three and he's more accustomed to, wide receiver four, maybe with end arounds and orbiting and and, and things of that nature. So if Devin could separate himself as a pure receiver and not just like trick play type of situations, I think that'll be important for Devin Tompkins. Um, Todd Bowles loves coaching up the safeties. And I think with, you know, Anton Woodfield Jr. not playing in the game with Ryan Neal solidified there and Chris Isian really being your nickel, your slot corner. I want to see some of the undrafted free agents. You know, we've seen a lot of Josh Hayes. Is Josh Hayes going to be the guy? Uh, But what about Kayvon Merriweather? What about Nolan Turner? Nolan Turner has looked great in the red zone, you know, from the 20 to the end zone. But what about the 20 to the other 20? He's really struggled in that area, but one of these guys has to make the team. So Merriweather and Nolan, I have on this list. Another defensive guy, we already talked about him, but Marquise Watts. Just can he continue what he already did? Because in terms of outside linebacker, you already have Shaq, JTS, Anthony Nelson, and Yaya Diaby as well. Will they keep a fifth? Will they even keep a sixth? Because as Todd Bowles said, it's the toughest position to decide on. Cam Gill is very much in that mix, but if Marquise Watts has another big game, it's going to be really, really tough to cut him, and then along the offensive line, I know it's been up and down with with Luke Edakey, but Justin School School, yeah. you know, he's going to be that swing tackle tackle type of guy. But what if Luke Edakey's play is not up to par? What if Luke Edakey gets hurt this season? What is Tampa Bay's plan for the backup offensive tackle? Is it him? Is it Brandon Walton? We need to figure that out. Over the next two weeks, who's going to be that swing offensive tackle, backup, first man up if, um, you know, if something happens to Luke Gedekie? So I'm looking more for these guys. I know, like Al Bundy, I, I appreciate the comments here, and you're not wrong by any means about who you want to see. It's just, you know, Mount's going to be starting, Gedekie's going to be starting, Diaby's a lock on this team. I'm very much looking more for the fringe. Roster guys, because we'll see next week in week three. Because there's only three preseason games now, there is a a different. There's a shift in how the starters are being utilized. Because in the past, when there's four games, the third preseason game would really be the big one where um, you know all the starters would play, and then they'd sit out the fourth game, and that's where you see the bubble guys who makes the team. um But now it kind of feels like. The second preseason game is that last opportunity for players that are fighting for the 53rd spot to make it. And then you go a little bit more towards the um, starters in the third preseason game. So um, those are some of the guys that I am looking for. But, of course, we have a super chat from Tree, parentheses, Ken. Thank you for the $20 Canadian super chat, Tree. Really appreciate that. Tree is asking, based on training camp play, has Palmer been the third best wide receiver even with Russell Gage on the field? Secondly, what do you guys think about moving Godwin back inside? Palmer out to the Z where he can take the top off. Really good question. Adam, I'll let you start with uh, whichever part you want to address first uh, about who's been the best wide receiver or third best wide receiver
1: And, um, you know, moving moving these guys around. Yeah, so just kind of covering this question. So based on training camp play and not preseason play, I would say Devin Tompkins has been the most impressive. Hmm. But overall, I would say Trey Palmer, just putting together the training camp and the preseason. I like Devin Tompkins, but as you mentioned about being a pure wide receiver, that's a great point. A lot of times you've seen him on screen plays, kind of end arounds and more of a gadget aspect based on just being a pure receiver. I would definitely say Trey Palmer Uh, and about moving Godwin back inside. I think this season, uh, especially with the offense that Dave Canales and Brad Idzik are running and scheming the wide receivers, you're going to see Godwin in the slot. You're going to see him as a Z you're going to see him kind of moving all over the place. Kind of what Seattle did with Tyler Lockett, who is a really consistent receiver and has had a great career and Chris Godwin getting his explosiveness back off his ACL injury, I think you're going to see him being utilized in more ways than just being in the inside. And for Trey Palmer getting his feet wet in the NFL, I think it'll be a good start for him to be in the slot and kind of use the speed to create separation right off release. Um, But I kind of see it going 50-50 between Godwin and Palmer and kind of mixing in some different guys, such as Devin Tompkins or even David Moore.
0: Yeah, so I think, again – While Trey Palmer has been the flavor of the week, if we're talking about all of camp, we have to look at it from day one of training camp to today on August 17th. And if we're looking at that entire frame of time, I'm still going to go with Raheem Jarrett. I know he didn't play in the game against the Steelers, and he's been a little bit quiet this week, but Raheem Jarrett has shown some great ability, whether it's his in-air adjustment going after the ball, whether it's you know, running certain routes, whether it's making catches with tight coverage on him. I've really been impressed with what I've seen from Raheem Jarrett through the entirety of training camp. We'll have to pick it up this week, but I'm confident that he can. Trey Palmer, you're not wrong with everything you said about Trey Palmer. Same thing with Devin Tompkins. They've all had their moments, and that's what's so exciting about this wide receiver group is each guy has kind of made some big plays at certain times. Just right now, it's been Trey Palmer's time to cook. Um, The only reason I'm going to say no with having Palmer just line up outside and and fly down the field and moving Chris Godwin back to the slot, you know, we spoke with Dave Canales. We spoke with wide receiver coach Brad Ising, and they were so excited about the opportunity for Chris Godwin to line up back outside because that was a lot of his skill set that wasn't being utilized over the past couple of years in the other bucks offense. now granted they won a super bowl so it's tough to argue like oh well why didn't they do that because it worked to a certain degree but that doesn't mean chris godwin can't play outside so i i love the idea of godwin playing outside as you mentioned adam they're going to move these guys all over the place some of these yeah. wide receivers are going to get end arounds, and the big thing with trey palmer is yes four three speed yes can go down the field he did that against sauce gardner but here's where he's different then another number 10 that used to play wide receiver for the Bucks and Scotty Miller. That was Scotty Miller's move, but that's all Scotty did, with all due respect to Scotty. And he will be a legend for the Bucks for life for that, you know, <laughs> that touchdown that he had in the NFC Championship game and helping them win a Super Bowl. But Trey Palmer can do a lot more than just hit the go around. Yeah. And that's why you can line him up inside. That's why you can line him up outside, put him in motion, do all of these different things. And that's where I think it's most.
1: Uh, important to have Chris Godwin on the outside. And um, if I could put on my aluminum hat here for a second yeah. and give out a conspiracy about Rakim Jarrett, I, I wonder if the Bucks are trying to kind of sneak him onto the uh, practice squad and not playing him during the preseason based on the training camp that he's had. And also being like a five-star recruit out of Maryland, while he didn't have the college production, He very easily could take the route of maybe like a Stefan Diggs and being unheralded, kind of coming out of nowhere and really stepping up. Mm. I I think he could do that. And um, there was another comment about uh, Devin Tompkins only being 155 pounds. He can't be anything more than a gadget guy. While that might be the case, you also saw a guy for the Texans, uh, rookie Tank Dell. He's really uh, been a highlight player during the preseason and just being able to get open really quick right off the snap and kind of leave defensive backs in the dust. Tompkins, with 4.35 speed, he very much does the same. And so I kind of agree that he could be a gadget player, but he also could be utilized in other ways as a receiver to get open in a hurry. And with Tompkins, I'll just say
0: this offense is way more suited for him than than it was last year. Than it was last year. So this offense is, I don't want to say tailor-made, but – it is way more beneficial to Devin Tompkins. Alien Macedon had a comment that said Payne Durham needs to step up. Yeah, I would yeah. agree with that. Durham lived up to his hype in terms of he's going to be big in the red zone, and he had a touchdown uh, against the Steelers. But haven't seen much from Payne Durham. David Wells has stood out way more than him. We know Coquip is going to be on this team, and obviously Kate Otten. Payne Durham is not a lock to make this team. That's all I'll say. He's probably a lock for the practice squad, you know, because they did draft him, but definitely someone that needs to pick it up. And then this question from Wade Butler says, how's Jose Ramirez doing? Jose's been injured. He
1: he hasn't been playing. So uh, I would say the same point for Payne Durham applies to Jose Ramirez lock for the practice squad, but again, with. Marquise Watts and Cam Gill outperforming in the first preseason game. Jose Ramirez needs to do something to justify being on the 53-man roster.
0: Speaking of locks,
1: one of my favorite locks
0: for bets this year is Mike Evans in the over on receiving yards. Of course, if you're going to bet on any of the box games this year or any type of sporting event, you got to do it at mybookie.ag. And of course, they got their online casino that you can go to on the website it's new and improved and it's here to change the game dive into a truly realistic casino experience featuring the latest in slots progressive jackpots and live dealer action all from the comfort of your own home take advantage of weekly blackjack tournaments and a brand new collection of high-end games for a chance at real cash rewards the my casino provides a las vegas experience when the action's in your hands and the best part is you don't even need to wear pants, though I would recommend still doing so. Your adventure at the MindBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign-up bonus using promo code Pewter—that's P-E-W-T-E-R—to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. And that's not all; their revamped loyalty program ensures that you'll be showered with rewards, including free spins, cashback offers, and a host of exclusive VIP perks. So the more you play, the more you win. Play anytime, anywhere with the MyBookie Casino. And of course, if you use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, and sign up, uh, you can get up to $1,000 with the first deposit bonus. $1,000 for free? Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So go to MyBookie.ag and sign up using that promo code Pewter. All right, as we start wrapping up the show, Adam... Uh, let's get to one last couple of comments. As I like Rice Bish says, I'm so late, I'm sorry, that's quite all right. You can yeah. watch it kind of on demand as well. Because as soon as our live episode is done, it goes right to our YouTube channel and you can watch the whole episode there. Uh, but what is the off ball linebacker depth looking like? Britt and Dennis, yeah, well,
1: surprisingly, Dennis has to get back to playing, but um, KJ Brett, yeah, uh, K- first uh preseason game. He had four tackles in the first half, a pass deflection. He looked more athletic than he has in the past. And with his special teams contributions, feel like he's going to make the 53-man roster. And then with Servassier dennis uh, just based on the mini camp, the OTAs, the training camp he's had, having four interceptions, he's looked good. And this week, kind of been limited. Again, uh, being held out of practice, kind of pre- practicing on a separate field. But overall, I would say they both have a strong – chance to making the team and having four inside linebackers.
0: Yeah, of course, uh, J.J. Russell in the mix as well. He was a guy last season, was in the running for that last linebacker spot with Olakunle Farukasi. Now, Farukasi won it, but then got cut halfway through the season, and then they brought on J.J. Russell. And if I'm not mistaken, Russell had an interception in the game against the Steelers the other night. So um, another competition, maybe not the, the most intense one, just because... Um, you know, you know, it's going to be Devin and Levante starting there, but something to pay attention to last one grace point. What is our safety depth? Well, obviously you got Antoine Winfield Jr. and Ryan Neal as your starters. Chris Isian, who's a safety, will be playing in the slot as a nickel corner. Josh Hayes can play in that slot as well. Um, so there will be a couple of guys as well that, um, you know, could be in the mix. Kayvon Merriweather um nolan turner as well kedrick whitehead who did not participate today a couple of guys in the mix for that position uh jean cameron says thank god thanks guys i love you said the pewter report you could take out the i love pewter report if you want to say that next but appreciate so much yeah thank you we love you guys we love the pewter people yeah uh we appreciate everyone that uh you know watches this show we couldn't do it without you guys. So um, that's pretty much going to do it for us. Please follow us on our social media on Twitter, now known as X, Uh, Instagram, threads, and Facebook. We are at Pewter Report. Our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV. We got tons and tons of content out, both on our YouTube, on our Instagram, all of our social media. Got a ton of different content that we hope you guys enjoy. Of course, PewterReport.com as well. So make sure you're following us on our social media. And please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Our numbers are growing every single day. We couldn't do it without you guys scheduling for everybody. There is no – Richard, I see your comment. There is no podcast tomorrow. There will be a Peter Post game show on Saturday after the game. Uh, Myself and Adam will be at the game at MetLife Stadium. So the podcast is going to be hosted by SR Scott Reynolds that will go on at approximately 1130 kind of similar, yeah, similar to last time after the game we're going to get a couple of stories up and then once Todd Bowles is done talking and probably like Kyle Trask as well or whichever player they put up at the podium um, we'll start the podcast a little bit after that so just stay tuned to our social media we'll let you guys know when we're going live what time we're doing it at but there will be a podcast on Saturday after the Bucks and Jets preseason game. So uh, still a lot of exciting stuff moving on. Been a oh, yeah. very, very fun week going all around New Jersey. Yeah, I felt like Tony Soprano and the <laughs> Soprano's intro as he's going over the gate. So appreciate you guys following along as uh, we... Give out all the information to you, but that's going to do it for us on tonight's show. For Adam Slavon, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We love you, Pewter people. and We'll see you on Saturday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Peace out. Out.